This is Speaking of Faith, First Person. This online exclusive is part of our continuing search for fresh ways to think and talk about the current economic crisis. I'm Kate Moose, Managing Producer of Speaking of Faith. Here I speak with medical researcher Esther Sternberg. Well, as the economic crisis um, deepens, Speaking of Faith is looking for practical resources for individual and communal evaluation and renewal moving forward from uh, what we hope are the scariest days of the crisis. Esther, tell me, do you consider this a moral or a spiritual crisis? And if you do, is it a crisis of your own, of our cultures? I actually don't um, take a judgmental role in this. Um, I think for two reasons. I'm not particularly judgmental. Um, And I also uh, don't feel I know enough about the causes to lay blame on anyone's doorstep. Um, So I I really don't consider it a moral or a spiritual crisis. I view it more in a biological sense, or at least my solutions to it or how to deal with it come from the biology. Mm -hmm. Say more about that. Well, I I think when you look look at the numbers of people who are feeling stressed over this crisis, the American Psychological Association released numbers last month saying that 8 out of 10 Americans um, surveyed felt stress and anxiety over the uh, economic crisis, and that's, of course, not surprising because it touches us all. Uh, That's almost as high, but not as quite as high, as the uh, numbers feeling stress and anxiety after 9-11. And when you think about it, I mean, the situations are, are quite different, but there are similarities and there are similarities that trigger the stress response, the biological stress response. So what we're going through now is really a perfect storm of triggers that are very powerful um, uh, stimuli to that biological stress response. Mm-hmm. We're experiencing rapid change, mm. uncertainty, and uncontrollability. Mm. And those three things turn on the brain's stress response uh, so that we are pumping out these stress hormones and nerve chemicals that make, make us feel all those things that we feel when we're stressed. And what are the, what are the symptoms uh, in an individual, and for that matter, in a, a community or a nation when those things are all activated? I like, I, I, I like your, your uh, additional question in a community and a nation because I think there is a, there's a, uh, a spiraling effect of everybody's anxiety feeding on everybody else mm. and certainly um, hearing about it every day, day in and day out. Um, so what are the symptoms? We feel our heart beating fast. We feel anxious. Um, we um, can't sleep. Um, we, we worry, of course, about all the things that could happen, that might happen. We don't know about our jobs. We have all this uncertainty. Um, and it can turn into depression. It can uh, certainly affect uh, our moods. It, another thing that happens during this kind of stress, uh, stressful situation, as opposed to, for example, when a physical event happens like 9-11 or, or just uh, you know, back it up a little bit if there's a, a huge snowstorm and, and the whole community is affected. What happens in those situations is people come together, and that's a very important coping mechanism. I think what may be happening to a certain extent here is that there is a stigma to losing your house and losing money, um, losing your job, and so there's social isolation. Mm -hmm. That just amplifies and contributes more 
to the stress um, and anxiety and depression. We feel that if uh, we suffer as a result of this economic crisis, we have somehow mismanaged, we failed, we haven't haven't done it correctly. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's a certain amount of guilt associated with it, Um, and and, and guilt because you feel you're not able to provide for your family, yourself. There's also a... um, I was talking to an economist recently who said we're all going to have to go down a notch in our standard of living. Um, you know, it, it used to be that everybody imagined that we're just going to continue staying at the standard of living we're at or else increasing, and and all of a sudden now we have to reverse our, our expectations. So there's there's a loss when whenever you lose dreams, mm-hmm. you know, there's a loss of dreams, um, in and, and that's, that's grief. That's grieving. One grieves the loss of one's dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when, when, when it's happening collectively, um, there is a collective anxiety, a collective depression um, uh, happening in, in, our, uh, in our communities and in our society. But, I mean, that's the bad news. The good news is that if you understand those triggers to the stress response, um, then you can stand back and say, "Okay, what can I do about it?" Exactly. I was going to. I was going to insert <clears throat> the question since Esther, you don't see this in uh, moral and spiritual terms. You see it as a medical researcher and someone who's an expert on stress. What can people do about it? Well, so if we break down those those points that I made before, that we're we're going through this period of uncontrollability, uncertainty, rapid change, and social isolation. There is something we can do about each of those things. So um, gaining control over a situation is a very potent way of reducing the stress response. Now, you might say, well, uh, you know, I don't know anything about, and I certainly don't know anything about, you know, how do we fix this economic crisis? I mean, I'm very thrilled that I, my expertise is biology and, and, and the stress response and, and, and health and disease because I feel like I can do something about that. I'm really glad I'm not an economist because I really wouldn't know what to do about the situation. But mm-hmm. um, so you can you can give up and you can say, well, I, I, how how do I gain control? Um, or you can stand back and look at your life and say, well, there are things that I can do to gain some control over this situation. Uh, you know, the first thing, if it's finances, that's that's uh, at the core. You know, seek help from a financial advisor. Seek help from an expert whom you trust. But apart from that, you can gain control over other parts of your life. You can stand back and say, okay, what is it about my life that I'm really worried about, um, and what are the good things? I mean, that sounds like a very trite and simple thing to do, but, but it works. You know, you stand back and you say, well, after all, I, you know, I have a wonderful family, I have a wonderful uh, daughter, in my case, and a wonderful son-in-law, and I, I, you know, there's love there. Love is a great way to counter stress. And social support, social ties are a great way to counter stress. Mm-hmm. Um, gaining control can also mean, well, you know, I'm, I may, you know, have a little less spending money this year, but at least I have a job. And what can I do to help other people? So altruism is another terrific way to counter stress and to help the situation. Mm-hmm. So even if you don't have the money yourself, you know, you can Help a neighbor. You can, you know, take a neighbor out for a walk. You can take a neighbor, you know, bring some food over to a neighbor. Whatever it is that you can do will help the situation in a tiny little way, but you add up all those tiny little ways to help in a neighborhood, in a community, in a, you know, in a culture, and, and it adds up just as 
you add up all the, the stress and anxiety, and it adds up too. So you can begin to chip away at that. You know, I've actually heard some people suggest that one of the symptoms, perhaps a minor, in, in fewer people, is a sense of relief. In other words, that they, they feel that we, that we are being required to opt out of the sort of fierce materialism that we've been engaged with societally. And, and it's a bit of a relief to know that if I don't retire in a condo in Mexico, mm-hmm. that will be okay. Well, that's, that's another way of reframing the question, which, again, coming back to my point of view, my expertise is um, another way of dealing with stress is reframing the, the issue and turning a negative into a positive. Um, and that's a terrific way of turning a negative into a positive, as long as you really, truly, genuinely feel it. Mm-hmm. But when, we, when you go back to these, these other approaches, uh, you know, I mentioned altruism and helping others, it has been shown that people who engage in community service, in, in altruistic service, uh, actually are healthier. They have less visits to emergency room. There's longer lifespan in people who are active in, in helping others. Same thing with social support. The people who have, uh, you know, large networks or not even large networks, at least networks of strong social support, are able to weather the storm of illness much, uh, much more easily. And so, all of these kinds of activities, which are good for the community, also turn out to be good for your health. So, when you add up all these little bits of help to others. Um, it counters the the negative effects of all those little bits of anxiety being added up and and having that negative downward spiral effect. Mm -hmm. Final question, Esther, and I think we've partly answered it, um, but I'll I'll put it to you. What kind of wisdom or leadership do you look for at this time in your life? I mean, we are working people. We have pensions. We have uh, expenses monthly and so on. Where do you go um, for leadership and inspiration or, or strength, and, and where, where are you finding the, the wisdom you need at this time? You know, when, when I saw that question from you, I, um, I thought of my father who came through the, the war and the Holocaust, and um, he was a very nonjudgmental person, and he would often pull out the Bible from um, after dinner. He was not a very religious person. He didn't practice um, religion in, in an orthodox way at all, but he would pull out the Bible and read um, the Psalms, and it was the 23rd Psalm that that I remember um, most. Yea, though I walk through the valley of death, I shall fear no evil. And um, and I, I guess I go back to that, that um, you can come through terrible times, um, and you can find the strength, and sometimes the terrible times can actually give you the strength to move forward and, and actually to come up with creative new solutions in your own life and in the lives of others. And, and I think where I'm finding the strength, because I was pretty nervous at the beginning of this. You know, you see the stock market's falling. You see your retirement disappearing. And uh, I was nervous. And then I stood back and I thought, well, you know, if he could have weathered it, the way he did, and weathered a much, much worse period in in our history. I can do it too. And another way that he weathered it was he did a service for the public good. He was always committed to the public good, and um, and that gave me strength. And I decided, well, I'm in a position to help. Um, I can write about this. I can help other people. I can speak about it. 
Um, and and I think actually that's when you contacted me. Why I was so happy to be part of this. Whatever I can do to help others um, helps me weather it too. You've been listening to Dr. Esther Sternberg. She is a stress researcher, and she's the author of The Balance Within, The Science Connecting Health and Emotions. This is Repossessing Virtue, Speaking of Faith's ongoing coverage of the economic crisis. For more, go to speakingoffaith.org.